The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. to another episode of Wookiee Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. And joining us from Sith and Giggles podcast. That is right. And that voice right there, if you're listening to that show, is Casey Johnston. If you haven't listened to that show, you're going to find out why you should be. <laughs> so, uh, but before we get that far, I want to say a big congratulations to Anthony, a.k.a. Rural Farm Boy for winning the Biddy Boomers, the Wookiee Radio Biddy Boomers contest. He he is getting two Biddy Boomer Bluetooth speakers. We actually awesome. changed it up for him. We're getting he's getting Chewbacca, and since he said his favorite character was a stormtrooper, we switched it from Vader to a stormtrooper, so he could get a stormtrooper, so he could get his favorite character. Congratulations! So, um, thank you to everyone who entered. Um, it was a good contest. See what see what we may do down in the future. There may be a hooray coronavirus is over contest <laughs> once all this is done. Um, so um, we got Casey on to talk about Sith and Giggles. Uh, but before we get to that part, these, it's the moment these guys dread and you may enjoy. That is a little. Oh, boy. Smuggler's Feud. So it's it's uh, the Star Wars Family Feud game, but we played it a little bit different because of the podcast. I have three cards, and Casey, you get to pick one, two, or three. Three. We're going with number three. All righty. So get things set. Now, like I said, it's Family Feud, except instead of trying to get all three strikes, we're going to go back and forth. First one to three strikes loses. If both teams get three strikes, whoever gets the number one answer, or if we complete the card, whoever gets the number one answer wins the round. So Casey picked number three, and there are four answers on the board. Oh, good, a short one. Short one. (laughs) Which means it's that much harder to actually get a hold of it or to figure out what it is. Uh, This one, I could say, think think like a Star Wars fan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Name something Princess Leia wears. Casey first. Uh, The white vest in Empire Strikes Back. Mm. What? Yeah. (laughs) You want to start first, Derek, or you want me to? Uh, I'll go. I would say the uh, the Bespin dress in Empire Strikes Back. Hmm. Back to you, Casey. Oh, the white gown thing in A New Hope. 
white dress comes in at number three. Over to Kiki Camouflage Radio. Camouflage Poncho. Mm-hmm. Sure. Back over to Casey. The evening gown in The Last Jedi. Back over to Wookiee Radio. I don't know if she actually wears it, but the hair buns, cinnamon roll hair buns. Number two. So we have number three hair or number three white dress. Number two hair buns. Two answers left. Name something Princess Leia wears. Back to me. Back to you, Casey. Metal bikini. (laughs) Number Number one. one answer. Is that what it actually said, though? It says metal bikini, yes. Interesting. I was wondering how they worded it. Oh, maybe something, what do you think, Derek? Like her winter coat or something? It's another way of saying what was said before, but it's not the same. Uh, uh, hmm. of, um, New Hope. The ceremonial dress thing. I guess. I don't know. The ceremonial dress is, is the white yeah, like dress. The that's the white dress. Yeah. Oh, that's the white? Okay. How about the green dress from uh, that she was wearing on Endor from the Ewoks? Wait, the ceremonial dress is the white dress? Yes. What about what she was wearing during the rest of A New Hope? Yeah, that's the white dress. But no, I, let's see. The, the dress she was wearing at the Ewok Village, that green dress. Mm. That's the third strike. Mm. So Casey actually pulls it ahead for... What was the other one that we didn't get? Was it the bounty hunter costume in Return of the Jedi? No. Number four answer, white robe. Okay. They consider the dress that she wears throughout, up until the ceremony, a robe. Hmm. That's weird. Okay. Because it looks like a robe. I mean, that was a one-piece tunic thing. So, because of Casey, other podcasters, five wins, Wookiee Radio, four. Casey brings other podcasters to the lead. <laughs> so um, I guess to get us started. I got as many wins as we did. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, when did we get four? Um, I don't remember them all. <laughs> y'all split. Y'all went one for one with uh, conversations, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And Derek, you you did pull off the wind over Jedi or over uh, around the galaxy with heat. Oh, did I? Yeah. I mean, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, tell us a little bit about Sith and Giggles. Uh, um, we've been podcasting. Great, great for, name, by the way. Thank you. I'm actually really proud of that name. <laughs> uh, we've been podcasting for about a year. This is my the fourth podcast I've done. It's the first Star Wars podcast. Um, I started off with my friends uh, Tim and Krista. Tim had to leave because he uh, his wife is actually having triplets. So. He doesn't have time to podcast anymore. About to be really busy. Yeah, about to be really. really I don't busy. know that. That sounds like <laughs> a lame excuse. To me. I mean, I, I've got one. I've got a daughter, and you know, I still podcast three shows. So that makes up uh, for triplet. Yeah. Um. So it's just me and my friend Krista right now, and we just you know every week we talk about Star Wars. Um, it's a lot of fun. I love podcasting. It's probably my favorite hobby. Uh, I love going on other people's podcasts like I'm doing right now. I love talking to other Star Wars fans. You know, I just I love I've loved Star Wars my entire life. And like anytime I get to share my love of Star Wars with other people, I'm I'm a pretty happy guy. Well, that's cool. Now, first first film you saw in the theater. 
first film I saw in the theater was the 96 re-release of A New Hope. First new film I saw in the theater was uh, Phantom Menace. Okay. So your prequel trilogy here. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was – I mean, okay, I grew up with the original trilogy when the prequels came out. When Phantom Menace came out, I was old enough to drive myself to the theater. Okay. I think it, I, I turned 16 that summer, so. Okay, well, I, I almost had this theory of your generation depends on your stormtroopers. <laughs> type thing okay so uh, you're you're defined by what was the first what was your the new the new films for your generation so i know like the three of us we had the original stormtroopers mm-hmm. you you would have the clone troopers uh, my daughter's case she's the first order troopers even though she's getting the original stormtroopers with solo and rogue one um her main troopers are the first order troopers but now that the saga is over all that's going to go out the water <laughs> but for the first 40 years, that's almost how you could define um, who, what era of the saga you're from as what's your trooper. Yeah, I think like I grew up in that weird, like dark era where yeah. there were no like books, like, no new movies coming out. So like the toys I had to play with were my brothers, like hand me down Star Wars toys. Like the first Star Wars toys I bought for myself were the Phantom Menace toys that I bought with my own money because I had my own job at the time. So like, yeah, I grew up in that like weird sweet spot where I'm kind of in between. Like I don't I, I don't identify as like solely like a original trilogy kid or or like solely a sequel trilogy or um prequel trilogy kid. I'm kind of like a I'm kind of like a Star Wars orphan, I guess. <laughs> He's a Star Wars tween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and then right now during this time, quarantine, quarantine. <laughs> yes, um, Mike is out of the group. <laughs> hey, all my all my dad jokes are inside jokes now. You've already used that one. You're not allowed to use it again. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. That, that's the thing with dad jokes. You can use them multiple, multiple times. No, no, no. You, it's not that you can use them. It's that you just do anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, so how did you end up meeting uh, your co-host? Uh, on Twitter. We actually, actually, we started bonding over hockey because I was a hockey podcaster at the time, and she's a huge hockey fan. So she started following me because of that, and then we just had a lot of mutual interests and one of them was star wars and so i'm just kind of like so i'm assuming you guys are philadelphia flyer fans no <laughs> no 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 Come, how can you say that to me <laughs> actually I, I do it jokingly uh i actually worked a uh, tech crew for um the 1990 all-star game oh wow yeah yeah i, I ran I, I i got to help out with that that was a fun that was a fun event yeah no, about the only good thing the Flyers have ever done was they gave Mario Lemieux a standing ovation when he came back from cancer. That's my love True. of Philly, like, ends right there. Uh, I still love a good Philly cheesesteak. Oh, okay. Yeah, Philly, I go for that. Philly cheesesteak with cheese fries from the O's. Heaven. That'd be that'd be heaven. So, um, so apologize if I ask it again. What type of stuff do y'all cover on on the show? Do y'all have a specific um, topic, or is it just a hodgepodge? It's a hodgepodge. Like right now. Now that the Skywalker saga is done, we're still trying to kind of find our niche in the podcasting community. Um, of course, like for the last you know six months, it was all Skywalker saga all the time. We were kind of doing one topic for each movie uh, leading up to the rise of Skywalker. Uh, we did the, a what if series where we took one scenario from each movie and just kind of changed it up and discussed 
how the story would have changed if such a thing happened. Like, for example, what if Qui-Gon had lived to train Anakin? What if Luke had joined Vader at the end of Empire Strikes Back? Things like that. Um, uh, whenever this whole quarantine thing is over, we're going to get together and we're going to like do a whole episode where we're just playing Star Wars Trivial Pursuit together. Little oh, things like that. That sounds like cool. <laughs> that would be a blast. I have Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. I just don't, but I think it's all um, Phantom Menace based. Not sure. I have one. I have. I have the original one that came out. Yeah. No, which, one, yeah. which one do you have? The one I have, it's up to date up to The Force Awakens. Yeah, I think I have that one too. That's Black Box, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, I have that one. I also have the DVD-ROM version, or the DVD version. Nice. That one, that one I think is almost all, well, no, it's the first six movies, I believe, on that one. Mine's and then a, I, have, I have the original one from just the original trilogy. Mine's a gold version, but it's not, there it is. There's a picture of it right there. Maybe it is the classic trilogy. You know, I may have to bring that up here, Mike. I have the Black Box, like Casey said he has there, and then every once in a while, I'll flip the script on you and out of nowhere instead of um, the family feud we'll play some Star Wars Trivial Pursuit because some of those questions are a lot more difficult than the original hey I have it I have it right right in front of me right there if you ever want to do it yeah I remember I was actually at a magic tournament um, back in the late 90s and watched two guys sit down to play the original Star Wars Trivial Pursuit and the second guy won because the first guy missed one question on the end and the second guy started his turn and finished the game didn't on one of the either on a robot chicken bonus or on the Blu-ray bonus the um didn't somebody play where it was like the cast played uh Star Wars Trivial Pursuit? I don't remember. Me either. I wanna say it's I know I wanna say it's on YouTube. Me and my buddy Chris would, would start playing Trivial Pursuit and get and just get sick of the board and just start reading out the questions. Yeah, I know Collider has some trivia, trivia, but it's not officially a Trivial Pursuit. They saw a video just popped up from uh, back when Rebels was running, and it was um, Whitwer versus um, Freddy Prince Jr. It's just in Star Wars oh, wow. trivia. Oh, wow. I'm waiting for Whitwer to go up against uh, Alex from Star Wars Explained. That's going to be yeah. pretty epic. Wow. That's going to that's gonna be cool. I, I do not see this. I fear my old man memory is not as good as it used to be, and I'll end up forgetting everything. Well, the thing is, with the with the Trivial Pursuit, it's not just movies. They cover books. They cover... Well, the newer versions, yeah. Uh, even the classic ones still covered a lot of book material. It wasn't much. Mm-hmm. It wasn't much back I don't back think in the- mine does. Yeah, the original Gold Box one with, like, the statues. Yeah, that's the one I have, yeah. Had a little bit more of that stuff in it. And it also, with the DVD version of it, a lot of people could get in there easier because you had stuff like you had to answer a question a certain amount of time and things like that. Yeah. Add a little bit different play into it. Mm. Yeah, I gotta, but, I gotta figure out which one I have. The original Gold Box with the um, with the four pewter statues or whatever was way easy if you're a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Like I said, I watched two guys play. The first guy ran the board and missed one of the final questions, and the other guy won the game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that's just crazy. Was it was it an actual hard question or just one of those dumb questions that you I don't mess remember. up on? I just know it was funny to watch because all of us knew all the answers that he knew. Also, it was. I mean, come on! It was a mm-hmm. magic tournament. Everybody there was geeks already. All of us. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm gonna let you guys ask a couple questions while I go figure out what version I have. 
This is driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, Casey, you said you um you had a couple of how'd you get into podcasting? You said you're on your third one now. I'm on my fourth one. Um, I started off blogging, and uh, I started off with my own hockey blog, and then a bigger hockey blog asked me to join them. So I did, and they had a podcast, so I, you know, of course, joined their podcast. The first, I had never podcasted before in my life, and then the very first episode we recorded, it was a established podcast. Our guest was Doc Emmerich from NBC Sports, who is just like, I mean, he's like a king in like sports broadcasting, and I was so nervous. I think I asked him like two questions in an hour, because like I just, if I talked, I was going to throw up. Um, and then from there, like I had a podcast with my wife where it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of similar to what we have now, except we covered like stuff other than star Wars. Also, we did like, you know, the Marvel stuff, DC stuff, that sort of thing. Um, and then I had another podcast with, um, someone I knew through hockey blogging and it was called miscellaneous thoughts. And that's just what it was. Every week was a different random topic. And then I just I wanted to talk about Star Wars more than anything else. So I decided to do a Star Wars only podcast. Okay. So I've been podcasting. I've been doing the Star Wars podcast for about a year. I've been podcasting total for like seven years. Hmm. All right. I'm such a loser. I have the <laughs> Trivial Pursuit 20th anniversary edition. I don't I thought it was the Star Wars pod, Star Wars one. <laughs> Unless I have it somewhere else and I just don't know where it's at. Oh, well. I think Perhaps. I have mine just because people gave them to me. <laughs> yeah. My Monopoly sets are that way. Uh, I've got two versions of the uh, the uh, classic trilogy. Ah, okay. And then I have, got the, 40th, I have the 40th anniversary set as well. I have that one. I haven't gotten or, to play it yet. Or is it the 30th anniversary set? Actually, I think it's the 30th anniversary set. It's harder for me to find someone to play Star Wars Monopoly than it is to find someone to play Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. Like, I've actually gotten the play. <laughs> my trivial pursuit game before that's because it's harder to find someone to just play monopoly yeah yeah, yeah. monopoly yeah. itself is uh. hard enough because people don't want to commit like a quarter of their life to a game <laughs> two games i've always wanted to play and i i never get to is monopoly and clue yeah see we have a couple different versions of clue we've got harry potter clue we've got uh haunted mansion clue uh we got regular Did clue. You get the star wars clue that's the version i want to get next me too. I want to get. I still want to get. We got that two one. two versions of Star Wars um, Operation. I believe I have BB-8 <laughs> and RGD2 both. I got three. We got three. We've Wait, got, so you're operating on RGD2? Yeah, you're pulling all yeah. the stuff out of RGD2. We we've got three. Maybe it's two. So, yeah, I've seen the BB-8, but we we have uh, the one. We have the R2, and we have the one with Chewy, where you pull the Porgs off of. Ah, okay. <laughs> I didn't know there was one. Yeah. Well, if it's got Porgs, then Zoe's got to have it, so. And we do. Yeah. <laughs> and we do. <laughs> so. But you said you've been podcasting seven years. I think that beats all of Mike, how long have you been on the, doing it? Uh, Starting November 2012, so it'll be eight years in November. But yeah, you got us all beat on that. <laughs> Uh, me? Oh no, Casey does. No, if he's been eight years, yeah, he's he's been longer oh. than me. It's fun. Like I I love doing it. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Well, it's kind of it's almost a sickness. You can't have you can't have just one. Yeah. Because <laughs> all of us have multiples. I have two and one that's kind of in hiding at the moment. Derek's got what three I'm, now? I'm currently four, including four? this one <laughs> that I'm on. Yeah, two that I run and and this one and Weeby Geeks. 
Yeah. But you're, yep. you're, you're, you're still reworking the other one, right? You're still reworking, uh, New England society. Um, I got it. I got a, well, I just released one episode, uh, and I got another one. I'm doing another recording this weekend. And then, uh, I'm doing a recording of the Falcons Lounge with uh, my buddy Jimbo next week. Sweet. Cool. Sweet deal. Glad to hear yeah. you're bringing it back. All of us have all yeah. this time recording, and our wives haven't left us yet. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? My wife loves it because it gets me out of her hair. <laughs> My wife does all <laughs> so, this one. So, so she can get the TV remote. Yeah, I know. She always has the TV remote. <laughs> No, my wife does all the same shows with me except for this one. So very cool. Um, who who is your inspiration to get into podcasting? Honestly, I didn't really have an inspiration to get into podcasting. It's just something that I fell into. Um, I, I was telling Ken and Derek while you were looking for your trivial pursuit game. I started off as a hockey blogger. I started off with my own website, uh, and then like a bigger blog invited me on to join their site and they had a podcast. So it just, by default, I became a podcaster. Okay. What, what was the blog that you had? Um, the blog, it was a hockey blog. It was called Keystone Puckheads. Um, it actually was a, you made the Philly joke earlier. It was actually a Penn's Flyers blog. Um, actually, I actually used to read it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I joined a Penguins blog. It was called the Pens Nation, and they podcasted. And I know it was you know, fun. Pens Nation as well. Yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Um, so you you, you talked about um how different scenarios y'all would do with your uh, with the original trailer or with the Star Wars saga. Mm-hmm. What what would be like maybe the top three scenarios that you you guys really got the best discussion out of? Uh, we got a really good discussion about what would have happened if Luke had left Octo with Rey. Uh, we got a really good discussion out of what would have happened if Luke had joined Vader at the end of Empire Strikes Back, and then um, what would have happened if Qui-Gon had lived to uh, train Anakin okay. at the end of Phantom Menace. Tell you what, why don't we bring... Why don't you pick one of those and we'll bring that here and bring new thought to all of this Okay, as an extension. So I'll let you pick which one you want to introduce to us. Okay. What do you guys, how, how would have it, how would it have played out if Qui-Gon had lived at the end of The Phantom Menace? That takes a little bit of thought. So you got to think, would Qui-Gon have um, figured out uh, Palpatine before anybody else? Because the whole crux of the whole thing was that no one figured out that Palpatine was molding Anakin the whole time. Would Palpatine or would um, Qui-Gon with more experience have seen what was going on? That's a good question. I and- think. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say that's a good question. That's also how would Qui-Gon have dealt with the like moody teenage Anakin that we meet in mm. Attack of the Clones. Like, how would he have dealt with Anakin starting to, like, embrace his anger as he's starting to, like, worry about, you know, his mom? And, you know, how would he have, you know, dealt with Anakin embracing his feelings for Padme? Well, that also comes back to the same question, though, is with Qui-Gon being an older master who had more experience, would would Anakin have become as moody? Would Qui-Gon have been able I to think, adjust things more? I think also, in a way, um, Qui-Gon kind of believed in Anakin more thoroughly than even Obi-Wan did. So I think maybe maybe he would have been able to encourage Anakin a lot more and uh, and keep him from always going to Palpatine and and 
things like that. Oh, we won't go a step further. What about um, how will Qui-Gon dealt with Dooku, discovering or seeing Dooku after he has left the Order and become more dark side? Yeah. Well, also, you got to think uh, Dooku's influence on Qui-Gon, influence on Anakin, and um, you got to remember um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, as the master of Anakin Skywalker, basically skipped being a Jedi Knight, because um, the council gives him the title of Jedi Knight, right. and he became Anakin's master the same day. So, yeah. so Obi-Wan, when he takes on Anakin, is like 21, 22. He has no idea what he's doing yet. He's never been on his own, and all of a sudden right. he has who's already got a little bit older than people are expecting and already got issues. <laughs> He's already basically been created or formed by living on Tatooine, being a slave, all these things that normally an apprentice doesn't have to go through. So it would have been, I think it would have made a big difference if Qui-Gon was the one doing it. Because, um, especially yeah, people, I agree. Um, what is it? Dooku's, is that the one that has all the story of um, Qui-Gon and Anakin and, um, or Qui-Gon and, uh, Dooku and then Dooku's former apprentice was that in uh, the Dooku um, video play? Dooku uh, Jedi was it Jedi Lost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get into Yoda training um, Dooku and then Dooku training Qui Gon. So yeah, but which book was it that has um, Dooku's apprentice before Qui Gon? Also, the two of it because he was um, working with the princess. Remember, Master and Apprentice. Yeah, yeah. Master and Apprentice. That book, you see a big difference because uh, Dooku, or not Dooku, Qui Gon, and the um, I, off the top of my head, I'm not remembering his name. The other apprentice there were two totally different guys, but both ended up in the right spot eventually. So you see, that's Dooku's influence. Now, how much would that have helped Qui Gon with dealing with Anakin? You know, yeah. I don't. We would not have had nine movies if Qui Gon was the master of Anakin. Well, I think okay, Derek brings up an interesting point because he talks about Qui Gon believing in Anakin, probably even more so than Obi-Wan. Do you think that would have made Qui-Gon maybe like an overbearing master on Anakin? Well, yeah, quite possibly. I mean, because we're not just dealing with a kid who's like strong in the force. Like we're dealing with someone that Qui-Gon thinks is the chosen one, the one who right. is going to bring balance right. to the force. And um, you got to wonder if like maybe there's going to be a lot of pressure on him not to fail. What do you think? Mike? Yeah, uh, I I agree because um, we I mean we do see see it some you know with Dooku drilling Obi Wan um, about Qui Gon didn't s seem like he was as hard on Qui Gon as he was on or Qui Gon wasn't as hard on Obi Wan as he was on Qui Gon and um, that he he if Qui Gon was alive he would definitely inspire. You know, been able to um, sway him more towards his point of view. With mine, I think I'm going to go the other direction a little bit, is if you look at Qui-Gon on screen, he was very much in tune with the living force and going with what it says right now. Not with He was not as much on tradition and on um, doing exactly what he was told has to be done, remember? Because remember, he um, Obi-Wan told him he would already be on the council. He had already been invited to be on the Jedi Council um, if he would actually do what the council says. Instead of following <laughs> following the force and what the way the force leads. So I don't know if he would be as overbearing or not, because he may have, because Qui-Gon would have sat back and listened to the force and see which way it led to um, lead Anakin, I think. I think that's the way he would have went more. He was very much just in tune with what is happening right now. Live in the moment. Everything else will take care of itself, but take care of what's right in front of you now. Yeah, I think Qui-Gon gets interpreted as a maverick, 
when it comes to the Jedi. And I think that's a little off because I don't I just think that he's probably the most perfect example of a light side force user that we've seen in Star Wars. Um, Because at this point in the story, probably going back to the Phantom Menace that, you know, the Jedi are starting to lose their way. And Qui-Gon, I think I look at him as just pure light. You know, at this point in the story that we meet him in the Phantom Menace, you know, he's already presuming that, like, it kind of goes the same way as Yoda in the Clone Wars cartoon. Like, at this point, he's chosen by the Force to learn how to become one with it after death. So, like, I look at him as, like, pure light. Like, I don't see any gray in in Qui-Gon whatsoever. It also brings up the question of um, if Qui-Gon was still there, could he possibly have helped influence the Council to move back towards actually um, following the tenets of what the Jedi should be? Would he have had a strong enough influence to help with that instead of um, going farther and farther away from actually being true Jedi? Hmm. Because the, from the Phantom Menace on, the, or, and before that, obviously, because it didn't happen just overnight, the Jedi Council was manipulated the entire time until the end. That there, there's nothing they could do. They were reacting the entire time. They weren't acting on anything. They were reacting to what was being thrown in front of them. So obviously the Sith, uh, um, Sidious, and then um, probably Plagueis before him, and everybody um, had start, had already started moving the pieces to put the obstacles in front of the Jedi so the Jedi no longer have choices. That, or they don't realize that they don't have choices. The choices are being removed from them so that they have to react. And by reacting, they're not thinking about what's going on. They're just, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Until it all falls apart. That's how they end up being generals of an army. They're not supposed to be generals in an army. They're supposed to be the peacekeepers. I got to think Qui-Gon probably would have fell for that, too. Um, I mean, if Sidious can fool Yoda and Mace Windu, I got to think he can probably fool Qui-Gon. Yeah, and that's, only, that's hard to say because, like, I'm a huge Qui-Gon fan. Like, yeah. See, I, the, the only one I had on that would be that um, Mace and um, Yoda were still holding tight onto the tenets and the um, doctrine of the Jedi, where Qui-Gon was, like I said, more feel the force and see where it's uh, what it's doing. He was yeah, not – he, he didn't – he thought about it, but he didn't have – he wasn't so strictly on the rules that he couldn't do something if the Force said do something else. I guess I can see a scenario going into the Clone Wars where maybe Qui-Gon leaves the Jedi Order. Yeah, I could see that yeah, because Duke I left before that. Qui-Gon um, died. Well, I guess let's let's pose this question then, um, taking this scenario a step further. Qui-Gon lives at the end of Phantom Menace, and then partway through Attack of the Clones, uh, Qui-Gon joins Dooku. Do we get a change in in power within the Sith with Qui-Gon and Dooku taking out Sidious? I'll just jump in quick. I don't see that at all. I don't. I don't think see Qui-Gon joining the Sith side at all. Yeah, I don't either. Because, like I said, if he's listening <laughs> Force, he would realize that he's, that's the wrong direction. But that's if he was still listening fully to the Force, or if um, Dooku was that convincing. Because remember, technically, Dooku, I don't think was um, working with Sidious till after Darth Maul was gone. I don't remember exactly the timeline. I'm not sure when he started, but I mean, if you go th- back and reread books. I don't think they ever. I don't think they've addressed that in the new canon yet. When he started with Sidious, it was sometime between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Um, I guess for Qui-Gon joining Dooku, 
I guess it would all depend on how much Dooku leaned into like the dark side in trying to convince Qui-Gon because I don't think Qui-Gon goes dark at all but if Dooku like avoids that and maybe like leans more into the Republic is corrupt sort of thing I can see him convincing Qui-Gon of that yeah See, to me, that's where, that's where I saw, that's where I saw Dooku as, I don't think he went true dark side like Anakin, like Maul, like Sidious, like Palpatine. Uh, I think his, his going dark side was because he felt the Republic was corrupt. I mean, he gave his answer on why when he had, um, Obi-Wan captured and said, I think Qui-Gon would have joined me in this. Well, the interesting question to add to this, though, is um, with Qui-Gon still being there, if Qui-Gon was to join Dooku and they both left the Order, would Dooku have switched to the dark side? I think just stayed, think, stayed working I, with the light to help stop the government. I think Qui-Gon brings Dooku back to the light before Dooku brings Qui-Gon to the dark. Yeah. Um, I, and that scene in Attack of the Clones, yeah. you know, the interesting thing about that scene is – Dooku doesn't tell Obi-Wan any lies. Everything he tells him is the truth in if that you look scene. At everything up for the original six movies, if I remember, if you look, the Sith that's there, the, there's no lies in any of it, if I remember correctly. Well, to me, I saw it as, okay, Dooku is laying down the groundwork for the rebellion. If you listen to the way he, he his his uh, monologue is, it's yeah. almost laying down the, the, the foundation for a rebellion. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that the rebellion is not against the Republic, but the new government that's coming from the Republic with with the start of the clones. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the first Galactic Empire. Well, the interesting thing with all this, though, if you go with just the movies, it's um, interesting to see and you try to figure out why is Dooku actually working with Palpatine on the dark side? Because the dark side is all about gaining power and getting the. But then if you read the books, you see how Dooku, when he found out that he was Duke of his or um, the count of his world and all this stuff, all wanted to gain power. That's where Palpatine got him. Yeah. Was he absolute power? So yeah. but that brings back with um, would Qui-Gon have been able to um, stop that or slow it down enough that Dooku could think about it and um, decide, wait a minute, absolute power is not the right direction to go here. You know, no, but if Dooku, if Dooku has survived the beheading and not gotten beheaded and was just oh, captured okay. and imprisoned, I think once we got to the point of the Galactic Empire, Dooku would have gone back light side. And it helped out the rebellion. Possibly. I can see that because I think he is sincere in his feelings that the Republic is corrupt. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that's just a yeah. dark side manipulation. Like, he actually does believe that. Dooku was, if we wanted to put a political label on him, Dooku was a Tea Partier before Tea Party was even a thing. Yeah, I can see that. So that, that makes that real interesting. Mm-hmm. That was a good discussion piece. Yeah. So do, now when y'all do these, is it the whole show is on this topic or do you end up doing like two or three topics? We usually end up doing one topic per show. Yeah. Okay. One topic takes us about each show. Each episode is about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, oh, wow. Each episode. I don't know. We do like one to two topics. We A lot of the times we go off topic and we go on tangents and – Mm-hmm. It's not a scripted show by any means. Oh, I have no idea how you do a show like that. <laughs> yeah. 
I find I have I have found that like the best episodes that we've had are the ones where we come in with like one topic and then we just kind of like riff off of that. Okay. Um, have you had? Do you bring guests on your show? You uh, actually have not had a chance to have any guests on yet. Okay. But something something you want to add to the show eventually? I definitely want to add to the show. Yeah, it's always fun to have a guest. I just um I don't know since I'm I feel like since I'm a new Star Wars podcaster I'm kind of nervous about reaching out to other people in the community and asking them to be on like as soon as i responded to your tweet i immediately regretted it i was like no someone else replied to him someone else replied to him there were, and there was someone else who replied actually replied before you yeah but no i'm glad i'm glad we did this this is this was fun mm-hmm. nervous for nothing no. It's always fun to uh, get to know other people that are out there doing yeah. this. And we're all doing the same thing. We're having a good time enjoying Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. It's just seeing how others approach Star Wars is it, it's fun. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we had Hollow Chronicles on, uh, they they approach their show from the collecting aspect, which is pretty cool. And uh, I need to reach out to those guys again because I got still got a feeler out there that I want to see if anyone's been able to hit on. Yeah. Um, but um, speaking of feelers in a loose way, um, announced today that on May 4th, we're getting a brand new series coming to Disney+. Plus called um, Disney Gallery The Mandalorian. So this is going to be a uh, eight issue or eight episode series. Um, and he and it's John Favreau invites the cast and crew to share an unprecedented look at the making of the series that became such a pop culture phenomenon, uh, pop culture hit. <laughs> I I can't talk. I, I just I can't. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me let me let me get it out there in my in my real voice. <laughs> Okay, I feel better now. Um, so uh, each chapter explores a different facet of the show through interviews, never before seen footage, and roundtable conversations hosted by Favreau himself. Uh, this is an cool. opportunity for fans to sh- of the show to take a look inside and get to see a different perspective and perhaps a greater understanding of how the Mandalorian came together. Basically, they're giving us the bonus materials that are going to come out on the DVD or on a Blu-ray once the Blu-ray comes out. And I'm okay Good. with that. I'm okay with that. Um, so, uh, topics during the season will include the filmmaking process, the legacy of Lucas's Star Wars, how the cast brought characters to life, the groundbreaking technology, which that would be exciting to see how that LED wall, which Dominic Pace mm. was telling us all about. Um, and I think Emily even mentioned as well, um, the artistry behind the show's practical models, effects, and creatures, plus all the creative influences, the iconic score, and connections to characters and props from across the galaxy. Um, um, check the, I, uh, Chuck Ilem's um, YouTube channel. They have a couple of really cool videos on this also. ILM has one all about that video um, room that they built. Yeah. I, think I still can't wrap my head around the fact that most of that show was filmed on an indoor set. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I can't believe most of that was filmed with the LED back wall and it was so clean that you couldn't even tell you're you're staring at. Yeah. Like when when they um when they go to the client, that whole thing, 90% of that was background wall. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the cool thing is the LCD or LED screens now are getting to the resolution where they're a, it's a finer resolution than your eye can actually detect. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of your TVs are getting that way too. What is it? The UHD t- TVs and stuff that are um, the resolution is so high that your eye cannot tell the difference between that and reality, except that the frame rates are just a touch off. That's <laughs> yeah, like, um... high rate TV shows and stuff. It's weird because I I don't like the super high frame rate. Like when um, Lord of the or the Hobbit movies did that. Yeah, and it it felt weird because it almost looked like you're looking through a window. Oh right, yeah. Well, it, that for a movie, feel like a movie. But it, it was the same way though when Fifth Element came out. The way Fifth Element that was the first film shot digital and recorded with the digital on a digital Nagra or sound recorder. Yeah. And everything's at the higher speed rate. Yeah. It was filmed at the higher film rate and then dumped down to the normal 24-4 or uh, 24, 24, 5 for, uh, for film. Yeah. And it Good. just felt so odd because actually I think they sped it up to match the digital and ran it at the faster speed and it, it just felt awkward then. It was such a great film. I, I had no problems with it, but our 4K TV, I had to, I had to minimize it down because it was making my wife sick. Mm-hmm. With the well, that's the why they're able to do these things with like using the digital back wall because it looks and your eye cannot tell the difference between the resolution you're getting there and the resolution you get in real life, except as they said in the video from ILM, you can have a sunset that doesn't move for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> you're not chasing the light the entire time because you just hit freeze. Yeah. You never I'm, run out of that sunset. <laughs> I'm really impressed how these movies start in a world where like actors are standing in front of a matte painting and then we've moved on to this large LED screen and they've managed to make it all one cohesive world. Like I yeah. love that. I'm so impressed by that. They went for, like you said, from the matte painting to completely digital set where they where the actors could not see anything to now they see mm-hmm. everything at the same time we do. That's what they did. Remember yeah. with um uh what which one was it? They said was the um I think it was the fan or um the Force Awakens was the first time that they actually had the star fields outside the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Then they got even better when they did Solo. Yeah, you, they could the actors could actually see what was going on and they were blown away by this. Yeah, back uh, in my day we used the green screen <laughs> back in my day it was thumbtack white thumbtacks on the end of a string <laughs> to create starfield because we didn't have leds we used to poke holes in black construction paper <laughs> <laughs> um so i just I, called it a light right <laughs> <laughs> so, so we we had talked earlier about um you, or you had mentioned that it was around the time of the prequels that you were starting to collect your own figures and whatnot. What what was your favorite figure or favorite collectible uh, from back then that you collected to and even recently? Um. So back in the prequel area, I collected the. I can't. Were they like three inch figures? Is that was that the, the size of them? The three and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. So I had like the three and three quarter figures. I had like every one for the Phantom Menace. Um, I had the. I collected all the the Pepsi Diet Pepsi Mountain Dew cans that came out. I pretty much got everything I can possibly get for. Pizza the Hut Phantom boxes, Menace, the Pizza Hut boxes, <laughs> everything I can do, everything I can get my hands on, I got my hands on. Um, 
And then I didn't collect so much for Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith because by that time I was in the army and I just I didn't have the space to to collect anything like that. And then I will say thank you for your service. Thank you. Um, And then started again with the Phantom Menace or not the Phantom Menace, the Force Awakens. And now I have way too much stuff again. Um, When Toys R Us went out of business a couple years ago, I raided them on their going out of business sale. I got stuff that like I never would have spent money on before. Like I got the the Poe Dameron helmet, the Darth Vader head, the, the Darth Vader helmet, all that stuff. I think my favorite, the favorite thing I have, um, I have a 20, I don't know if it's 2015 or 2016, but I have the, the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Kylo Ren with the, the melted Vader mask and the first order uh, flag. Okay. Um, I did the collect when it was the right time to get in because the Phantom Menace, they made everything for that movie. They so over-marketed that movie. <laughs> It was a lot harder to get for the for everything else because they they decided no we're not making that much again because we got stuck with a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> it was very yeah. very obvious George Lucas retained the merchandising rights yeah for his characters because I think that um the promos for restaurants what was it Taco Bell uh, KFC and um, Pizza Hut all three had it because they were all owned by Pepsi <laughs> Pepsi had the rights for all of it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's why um, they had like the same thing, but they like the cups and the cup toppers. They had like four different ones at each restaurant. So I still have all of those sitting in a case downstairs somewhere. I was like, these are going to be worth a million. Oh wait, everybody has them. <laughs> yeah, everybody I, has lots of them. Yeah, I have the. Uh, I still have, or my sister-in-law found for me a um, the old Burger King Chewbacca Star Wars glass. Oh, nice. I think I may have one of those somewhere. I would love to get a couple more of those. San Diego Comic Con 2016 was the exclusive. Okay. With the two helmets and the banner. And then there is there's an Obi Wan exclusive from that year that I'm trying to find, where it's the Obi Wan Black Series figure, and then he has his table, and then there's a little hologram Leia that comes with it. Trying to find that also. Okay. Yep. Uh, see a picture of it here on Google. Yeah. I mean, there's some. There's been some decent exclusives. Um, ones that I'm trying to get are the uh, the three pack with triple zero BT one and Doctor Afra. Even though I have a Afra vintage card, I, I want the other two. And the only the only way the other two were released was in the three pack. I think the only thing I have that's like an exclusive type thing is I have um, a friend gave me the um, from Celebration two the Commander George Sakho. Um, rebel pilot. It's the George Lucas <laughs> rebel pilot. Yeah, I got a friend who gave that to me for Christmas one year. <laughs> I only convention Star Wars convention nice. exclusives are uh, my two Koba uh, Koda Bayuka. Uh, I have R two A six from Celebration six, and I have uh, the triple uh, zero BT one from uh, Celebration Orlando twenty seventeen. I saw a set at a comic book store not too long ago that had an action figure for every character that a member of the Lucas family has played. Yeah. And it was like, it was like 20 bucks. I should have just got it. I don't know why I didn't. There. Um, yeah, I oh, who put, who put that out? Uh, Hasbro put it out, but it was back during um, when you had the, when they had their shop online on StarWars.com through hyperspace. Uh, yeah. 
And I think you had to be a hyperspace member to order some some, some of the stuff. Because um, that, that's how I got a, a few of my um, a few of my set uh, figures through that. Um, and, and it was I remember that set distinctly because I had uh, Jet as his padawan, as the padawan, um, George and the two daughters in their cost in their characters from the uh, from the Senate scene or not Senate scene from the opera scene. Yeah. So I know the set you're talking about. It's a great set. So um, do you read any of the comics or is that not in your? Uh, No, I keep up with the comics. We were talking about the comics on the show before the quarantine happened and they stopped doing that. Um, Mm. So I'm pretty much caught up with everything except I didn't start the Bounty Hunters series yet. Um, Pretty much caught up with everything else. Okay. Really liked the Rise of Kylo Ren series. I'm liking I'm liking Charles Soule's main Star Wars series and Greg Pak's Vader series. Um, I really didn't think we needed another Darth Vader series, and then he went in a direction and explored something with Vader that we've never actually explored before. So I'm kind of like eating my words on saying we didn't need another Vader series. Oh, you mean Charles Souls? Always series. need another Vader. Series. No, no, the Greg Pack Vader series. Uh, now the one it's like I, have, I think it's I have two not or three started, issues. I have not started that one. Okay, no, it's really good. Yeah, it is. After I have fallen with, I can't wait for that issue to come out. Oh, which was supposed to have been out already. Yeah. Um, I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely fell in love with. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, the the Kanan series was wonderful. That was a really good series. Um, the the four issue series that that was that uh, the main four were the focus of the episode, and they're doing one mission. Oh, I can't think of the name of it. It escapes me. Wait, this was an arc in the Kanan series? No, this was a four issue mini that Marvel did, where each book was a, the the main f- focus character. Like one issue was. Leia, one issue was Han, one issue was Luke, one issue was Chewie, but it's all one continuous arc. I don't recall that one. (gasps) No, I don't recall that one either. I gotta look it up. Um, The Leia series by... Mark Wade in the beginning yeah. was great. Mm. I haven't been the only thing I've been disappointed in was the star uh, was the C three PO one shot that tied into um, Force Awakens. Yeah, I know this thing, yeah, but they didn't really land with me with their one shots because I didn't like the Beckett or the DJ one either. DJ didn't help matters. I, I don't think that helped their cause with DJ trying to sell yeah. DJ more. Yeah, I did like the Leia one that and. Um, Souls Lando one were probably my favorite of the five issue series. Yeah. Um, Galaxy's Edge books were great. Then again, I live right there. Uh, <laughs> working for the park, it, it definitely uh, made it easy for me to, okay, I'm about to experience this. And it's just great. Uh, I love TIE Fighter. TIE Fighter was a great series. That was, yeah. Um, Which surprisingly, because I didn't care too much for the Alphabet Squadron book, but I like the comic series. Um, I, I'm looking at comicology at the, uh, at, the, at, the, at the different series. I'm not seeing this book yet. I'm not seeing it on Marvel Unlimited either. I wonder, was it the Star Wars Adventures book? Was no. it one of the ID? No? No, it, it was distinct. Um, Rebel Heist. Star Wars Rebel Heist. I didn't read that one. Now I, I highly recommend you read Rebel Heist. Okay. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget it. it, it it's a great little, each book, main focus is on a different 
one of the different main characters. And they all come kind of wrap up together as a crew at the very end. Okay. So, um, you guys got other questions? Mm, not that I can think of. I don't know, I'm kind of drawing a blank at the moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> where can people find you guys online? Okay. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Darth Hockey. You can follow my co-host Krista at Critter. It's K-R-I-3-T's. E three R's and then you can follow the podcast at Sits Giggles Pod. Okay. Since you're a hockey fan, I'm gonna ask, do you have a Star Wars themed hockey jersey? And if you have more than one, do you have a favorite? I don't have a Star Wars themed hockey jersey. We can recommend one. Okay. Go to our web store, uh, which you get there off WookieRadio.net, and you get yourself a Chewbacca themed Wookie Radio hockey jersey. Okay. Okay. I will do that. Wait. What's the What's the web address? Uh, our Our website is WookieRadio.net. Then you'll find uh, you'll, you'll find a uh, picture with the link to our web store. Okay. Uh, if you don't find it, I will send it to you through Twitter. I am going there now. We have some Mandalorian uh, Mandalorian themed baseball drinks coming soon. Nice. So, I um, do have a I do have a, a Pittsburgh Pirates themed bobblehead from oh, Star cool. Wars Night. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. So, um, you said shows are available on most podcast platforms. Yeah, um, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, all those ones. Excellent. Uh, final thoughts from anyone, or you want to turn the tables on us with a, a question, real quick. How long have you guys been doing this? Uh, we started in. 2016? Yeah. Like summer of 2016? Like okay. what, June, July? It was June, wasn't it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I remember, I can find out here in just a minute. So, do you have dates on the site? I do. This show is the youngest of the three shows that I run. Okay. Uh, I saw you guys had like, what, like 150 some episodes, right? Yeah. When we, when we first started off, we were going twice a month. That didn't last long. <laughs> That oh didn't, yeah, that didn't yeah, last long at all. Yeah, we try to do once a week. We do new episodes every Wednesday. That's when we record as well. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay, we talked movies. We talked comics. What, what's your favorite book? Ken, I'll let you start first. Mine would have to go all the way back to the originals and do um, it'd be the original Thrawn trilogy because that's what really got. I mean, I like Star Wars. I watched um, the cartoons and all that stuff when I was a kid, but that's the first one that got me really into because since the dark times had happened, I, everybody was out of Star Wars pretty much until the early 90s, and that's what really kicked everything off. If it wasn't for those hitting the way they did, the way he wrote those, I don't know if Star Wars would be the way it is now. Okay. Derek? Honestly, I think my favorite um... – I'd have to go. I'd have to go all the way back to uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Oh wow, you're going way back. Yes, I am. That has some uh, some good memories for me. Okay. Uh, I still have to read that. I have it sitting right here. I just have not opened it up yet. I mean, I I agree with Ken. I agree with Derek. Um, but more recent, the the books that I I tend to keep going back to uh, is the Republic Commando series. Nice. Leading all the way up to uh, the final book, um, where they become Imperial Commands. So, yeah. Okay. That's uh, nice. That, that's where I'm at. We're all so, old, so we go back to old books. 
Yes. Nothing wrong with that. We all love the stuff that we grew up with the most, I think. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, like for me, one of the biggest collectibles uh, right now is anything um, DVD or Blu-ray related that has the, that Star Wars with the Lucasfilm label on it. I mean, I even bought a lightsaber from Walmart just because it came with a disc of Star Wars lightsaber, lightsaber battles. I'm like, I have I, these in the movie. Well, with the movies, I, but... I do have the DVDs with the three theatrical releases on them still. Um, I have those. Quality is so terrible on, on like my TV, but I will still watch them. When, when I exposed my daughter to the original trilogy, we watched the theatrical. Mm -hmm. We put it in the Blu-ray player to see all the compositing. Just blew my mind. I'm like, okay, now I'm having fun with this again. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. I I have fun watching the films, but to, to do that and see that element, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have fun. I, I'm going to be thoroughly enjoying this while she's watching it for the first time. You because know, I, I could see more how the movie was made and all this. It, it was just so much fun. Yeah. I don't have the DVDs with those on them, but I still have these. Wow. I had the VHSs. These are the original CBS Fox releases of them. Those <laughs> I do not have. I have um, A New Hope somewhere also, but I have Empire and Jedi sitting here. And I do have a working VCR. I am, tr I am trying to get all the different variations of the soundtrack. See what I don't have. Get the versions I to get the versions I don't have. I want them to um, finally release episodes two and three in the ultimate edition, the way they did the um, the Phantom Menace one, and then release it for the same way for the sequel trilogy because. They did do an ultimate, like, two-CD set for of the original yeah. trilogy. The Phantom Menace, they did a two-CD ultimate edition that supposedly had all the music. See, I, but I, they, have, I have the... I have it through... I have I have the Phantom Menace one, and I have the original trilogy one with the new cover art. Um, I don't have the original soundtracks in the original... Re in, in the regular format. Yeah. And I'm in the, the grail I'm looking for right now, too, is the, uh, the radio dramas. I have those on cassette. It's 13 discs. Yeah. Yeah, I have those so. on cassette, all three of them. But um, my dad, actually, when I was growing up, they, at one point had the um, double vinyl of the original Star Wars soundtrack. Oh, wow. Yeah. We, I'm not sure. I where, have that. I know he had it. <laughs> I was trying to find it when my when my dad passed away. Um, and I guess he had gotten rid of it long before before then. We used to have the eight tracks. And one of the eight tracks we had was the actual film soundtrack dumped onto the eight track. Wow. So it was, you started it, you got the music. And then you 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 got the laser black. It was basically watching the movie, but without the video. You're listening to the movie, the actual movie, and you had that on on eight track. I'm like, this is insane. I want it. I wish I could find that one. So, um, thank you for coming on and joining us, even at last minute, like it was. Uh, it was a good time. I had a blast. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Yeah, I had a really good yeah. time. So, go check out Sith and Giggles podcast. Um, I know for me, it's now on my list to check out as well. Um, I know I've seen you around on Twitter and we've interacted, but never caught. And, and I follow your podcast as well on Twitter. I just never got to the show. Um, so now it's going to be on my list. Check out. Yeah, no, I'm coming into my podcast season. It's, it's what I listen to when I cut grass. So <laughs> see, Derek, I'm not the only one. <laughs> it's like an inside joke on his show. Um, Cause I told him, yeah, I listen to your show while I'm cutting the grass and, and he throws every, every now and then Mike, you missed a spot. <laughs> 
And uh, watch out for that rock. Yeah, the hole, the pothole, or the the hole was was the good one. Because I almost, I almost, I did stop. And I wait, what hole? So, but uh, no, thank you again. Um, if you guys don't have any final thoughts, then we just got one thing left to say. Give the evacuation code signal. I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal.